So we watched Saw on my friend's laptop. Huge thing to do in college. Like three three fellas just watching a movie on a laptop. Yeah, you you didn't do that. No, just toss it on. It was just put it on like the desk. No. Dim them lights. Have you ever heard of an HDMI cord? I don't think H. I don't think that really? like HDMI's. But this was probably like two years before that. Okay. Yeah. This had to have been a Saturday night, by the way. <laughs> Brunch, hit it, boys. Just a perilous week of tent. Of tent? Let's call it tent from now on. Everyone in the content game ah. is always calling it content. There is a we we need a new word for something like that. The tent material. Game. That's yeah. a but but that's not a new word. Materials no. an actual word. Yeah, and it doesn't really roll off the tongue. I, I texted it to you within the last couple of days. At some point mentioned I was like, "There's a lot of tent coming up." Mm-hmm. And I'm, and like we kept we kept the conversation going. There wasn't a pause in what are you talking about? But I call it. You tent. threw a you threw a, a, a apostrophe right before. Lord forgive me. Shouts out grammarly. Yeah, and uh, and so that makes it a little bit more. I, I understood what you were getting at mm. when you say it. Tent's a word. Yeah, and so it's hard. It's harder to understand what you're what you're saying. How you feel about all this tent that's going on? I feel a little bit overwhelmed. Like, we've been doing a lot of shit this week, and we want to keep doing a lot more shit. And, like, I have time, but it's just we're we're overwhelmed with, with tent. I've worried about... I worried about you the other day, because stonks are up across the board for us. Stonks are... I would say stonks are up, <laughs> Lord forgive me, on our friendship. Mm-hmm. I would say stonks are up on us creatively. Mm-hmm. Stonks are... Just up, like the people are buzzing in the Discord, asking questions. Like, you guys going to talk about this thing on the podcast? Answering them, all sorts of just stonks are breaking. Right yeah, now. and it's very interesting because you do mention the the creative side of it, and we have been like the juices have been flowing and shit. For and sure. I don't know if it's just because like we feel like we're maybe in like a, a better place. We like the podcast. I feel like it's partially responsible. Like, washed is responsible, but like. But definitely, but we. But we they're must, like they're not again, pushing say, us or anything. They're, they're, they're not, not doing it. They they're leaving us alone. <laughs> they, they haven't done anything. Okay, <laughs> Wash hasn't done any. Like they, what? What they? We do? don't even have a fucking read this episode. What Way to do? go, Brett. They brought us on. They really. Here's what Wash has done. They just given us some more people to text. <laughs> That's true. Because <laughs> I like maybe like, if if we're texting a lot. Because I mean, stonks are also up on us texting. I was thinking about this the other day. Like, if I ever have to give any sort of speech about you, so if you get married oh, or no. die, it's more more likely that I'm just going to die. And and if anything comes up where I have to like describe our friendship, I think that it's very interesting that you and I. I never feel ever very fittingly with the the podcast. We never start or end a conversation. <laughs> have you noticed that? Yes. <laughs> There's never. We've never said like "Hey" to each other. Good everything, morning, DJ. <laughs> everything is just like mid sentence, mid thought. Continue like, picking up where we left off 15 minutes ago when we last talked. And I don't know why I would squeeze that into a Pete died or got married speech. But if I just ever had to like zoom out on Pete and kind of and like our human behavior, yeah, it, it's very interesting. But I was wondering, um, something came up that I was like, "Oh, Pete and I could do this." And then I was like, I've never really thought about or worried about 
Pete getting burnt out. Like Pete needing to take a beat and just like turn I was, his brain off. Because you are always in front of the computer, always like now with the streaming and everything. Yeah. You're, I think that you're kind of putting yourself out there more than – and I'm realizing as I say this, this sounds like sneaky condescending. I'm not, that's not what I'm trying to say. Like you're, <laughs> I could take it. You're like more is being sucked from you than usually is. That's correct, right? No. No, no, like I, I would say that I was for sure uh, burnt out at CBS, like towards oh, okay. the end. Like I was just my lifestyle had completely been compromised by the newsletter. Like I wasn't totally enjoying pretty much like anything. And I felt like it was taking away from the things that I wanted to do, like hockey and like the streaming stuff. And so I was just perpetually tired. And so I was for sure burnt out. I feel great now. Yeah, see, that's what somebody like you have that mindset of somebody who's just about to 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 realize they're burnt out and really crash like you you're doing yeah man you're you're uh jesse from saved by the bell like i'm so excited so excited so scared yeah i'm so excited i'm so excited and i've i've been there too i don't even know like if i were to take stock of like where am i at energy wise and everything i have a headache every day i've been taking <laughs> i've had to be like popping ibuprofen because every day i wake up and i'm like oh my what did, did i didn't even I haven't drank in like a month. Why does my head hurt? That's not true. I've been doing some. It's not going to surprise you. I got to keep up with all these Budweiser's and Bud Lights that are being sent our way. Uh, So I am chipping away at those. But I mean, I'm always kind of tired and like feeling like a little fried. But I'm also feeling, I don't know, probably similar to you, like uh, for different reasons. I'm like feeling a little more creative than... I typically am, so I don't know, man. I I feel good, like yeah, I, I do, and it's it feels really nice. Like even when I'm tired, I feel good. Listen, are you hearing this? <laughs> are you like, do you, you know what I'm talking no. about with Pete? Like he's like I am. I I've been like exhausted for this week, or in like during Affleck week, but it's but I can't complain about because I'm just doing a lot of shit that I want to do, which is very very cool. Unrelated to anything, do you remember hashtag Justin take a break? Yes. Yeah. Something to think about. <laughs> well, I will say I got worried this week because you want you mentioned the stock stonks going up. Stonks are going up on your Twitter and like you've had some banger tweets over the past week or two. A lot a lot of them related to playoff hockey and there's just unlimited content when it comes to playoff hockey. It's very easy to be good at Twitter, but like you've been killing it. Knowing what I know about our dynamic, that worries me a little bit because anytime you get good at something, you're taking it away from me definitely like you become good at some like you become less depressed i become more depressed yes you learn to do something i get worse at something so you becoming better at twitter makes me worry it's like fuck haven't i'm about to suck at twitter haven't you considered that you've gotten worse at twitter so bad in fact (laughs) that you think that my tweets are funny or good well either way it's it's like the bad news for me. Yeah, right. I think people, like, people are probably going to unfollow you because you've been tossing some retweets on those, and people are going to be like, "All right, not we only get it, not only have been tossing Which people retweets." People used to say to me, people used to like respond to me and be like, "We get it. You think Pete Blackburn is funny?" 
And I was like, I think he is. <laughs> I was like, I don't really know him, but I think like, I think he is pretty funny. Uh, uh, don't, if you don't mind, I'm going to keep slapping RTs on this one. Not only have I been slapping the RTs, I embedded one of your tweets in my fucking art, my column this morning. Really? Yeah. Is that like the time that your, was it your last day at Uprox or your last day at Fox? It wasn't your last day at Fox because well, that was a surprise. That was a surprise, day. yeah. Your last day at- I was in the middle of writing a column at Fox when I found out that I was done. You're right. Your last day at Uprox, they asked you to aggregate uh, a story I did with Jake DeBrusque. Oh, uh, yeah, about him, like, rupturing his testicle. Yeah, he had, like, a horrible... Uh, he had, like, a really weird, vague injury, and... I think his uh, his ball sack split right, open. Right, and he, like... I, I didn't, like, make him talk about it or anything, but I was just like, hey, what was it? And he was like, ah, I don't know if people would want to... Would, would really want to hear it. And I was like, try me, whatever. Like, hey. And uh, it, it was just a bonker story and yeah. he was cool telling it and everything but it was just a and i had to write like as told to dj bean of weei or whatever it was so it was a weird moment for me man that was weird moments because that was uh dj bean of weei <laughs> but no i slapped uh, i slapped that all um the meme of john ham and don draper presenting give oilers players to other teams <laughs> just threw that into my column this morning i love that I, I i stole that template i don't think i don't see that template used enough of like i mean you, sloppy you steal don the template draper. that's what a meme is that is true <laughs> but the the like sloppy don draper uh i believe at this point he's he like had a kind of rough presentation he's like got like the mid series sweats going on where he's like, like he's clearly bomb he's drunk. clearly bombing the pitch yeah. and it's like a bad idea right and they're like you know like let let's meet next week like come up with something new we'll come back next. and he's like just trying to win it on the spot and he's like how about this uh and they're like no it would be we're, we're, we're not gonna ask you to come up with something new on the spot and here like, i got something this i got something yeah Fuck Mountain. Yeah, right. He's, he's <laughs> Joe Bluth. Um, that that's such a good good <laughs> me though, and it's it's like a it's like a less annoying dude with sign. Yeah, yeah. Fuck dude with sign. Dude with sign. I'm uh, glad that people are starting to realize that he sucks. I'm not into that. Guy. Uh, yeah, more and more. I think I might still follow him, or maybe it gets promoted or something. But more and more often, I'll see one of his posts, and I will not have a liked by. Friend A, friend B, friend C, and 100,000 others. It'll just be like, liked by one of your friends and 100,000 others. And then you unfollow the friend. And I'm like, this is very easy. <laughs> right, that's, that, that's why it is. I, 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 I always unfollow. That'd be a great, really weird campaign to start. Unfollow your friends if they pop up as the liked by your friend on a dude with the sign thing. Hell yeah. Yeah. So stonks up on a lot of things creatively but we've just got tent flying at us we are like the two of the victims in uh is it uh is it in in jigsaw hbo's been pummeling us with i don't know if you've flipped by an hbo recently no hbo is constantly showing really saw movies so i've like uh, my most recently thing is like nbc sports for hockey USA for hockey, uh, CNBC, is that it? Yeah. CNBC for hockey or like HBO for like Saw 4 or something <laughs> like that. So I've been flipping through uh, 
and, and catching a lot of Saw movies. I know we've talked about how uh, there's some moral questions to have with Saw, which obviously. Yes. A lot it's of, a movie about a serial killer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of, lot of horrible deaths in there. But uh, he is so not even close and he he and his uh apprentices are so not even close to getting it again a the whole killing thing but like the victims they choose get outrageous the beginning of saw the final chapter originally called saw 3d was two guys have a thing there's uh there's like a two table saws oh yeah and they have to push them at each other and if they don't, there's a third table saw that has a woman up top, and it turns out this woman has been dating both of these guys, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, so, I like know. someone yeah. dies for cheating, yeah. or someone dies because they're getting cheated on. Yeah, that is <laughs> taking it to all sorts of levels where it doesn't need to go. Right. Holy, so and there is that, and there's I, a lot of the the. Uh, the ones in subsequent Saw movies, like Saw like five, Saw six, or whatever, will be a bunch of people are doing something, and like one of them has to die, or it'll be like, "Hey, you have to." It's like this. If it's say it's person A's game, they'll get to a thing where it'll be like, three of your colleagues are here. You choose which one of them lives." And I was like. Why did why does an innocent person have to die? Right, why did people have to die? Yeah, one of them. There's like a I think it's saw uh, five maybe. It's very that's like the most political saw movie up until Spiral. But uh, it's about like the healthcare industry. And well, I mean, the first one was a little bit about the healthcare industry too because the, the guy was a doctor. Yeah, and he. Uh, I mean, he, there was a cheating element to that one, wasn't there? Yeah, he's he was cheating having an on affair. his wife. Yeah, yeah. but uh, like there was an element to like, um, like not taking care of people who don't have insurance and shit like that. Yeah, in the first so, one, Saw Five leans into that. It's the insurance company, and it's the guy who came up with uh, the algorithm they use to decide whether or not somebody gets coverage. And one of the things is he gets to. There are two people on, like, planks, and they, like, trigger warning, disgusting, horrible, or whatever, but uh, they have, like, barbed wire nooses around their necks, and he has to save one of the two people, and one of them is, like, an out-of-shape, like, middle-aged woman who smokes or something like that. And the other one is like a healthy young man, but the healthy young man doesn't have a lot of family. The woman has kids and all sorts of sorts of stuff. And like the lesson to be taught to him is neither one of these per- people is more deserving to live than the next. But most people on paper would like, quote unquote, root for the person with the family, like the mother, et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, okay, well, then just tell him that. Don't make somebody die over that. <laughs> so, like, this fucking kid dies over this. Yeah, I mean, and it's... Stonks down on it's Jigsaw. It's fucked up, man. <laughs> yeah. I don't think anybody's being, like... It does sort of prop itself up as, like, whoa. Makes a thing. Yeah. But... No. <laughs> right. Bad but job. I, I also, like, in the aspect of the Saw universe, like, I could see how 
the guy would start off by like thinking that he was being this moral, yeah. uh, oh, uh, what do you want to call it? Like an overseer or yeah. whatever. And yeah. like teaching people a lesson and then getting carried away with it. Well, let me tell you, he gets carried away with it. Also, another one, I'm, I'm, this will be the last of me ranting about <laughs> how Saw is unfair. At the, uh, at the end of Jigsaw, there's two people who have been going through like this game with a bunch of other people. And they wake up in a room where they're chained to like the wall or whatever. And there's a gun in the middle of them. And the tape says, oh, no, John Kramer himself comes in and like explains everything to them. And he's like, there's only one bullet in this gun. Uh, salvation, like, salvation is in this gun or whatever. So the woman's like, I'm sorry, I have to kill you. I got to get out of this thing. And as she's about to do it, like, the guy's like, oh, shit, it's a riddle. Salvation's in the, okay, so the key's, and she shoots the gun and it backfires because he programmed it to kill whoever shoots it. But the key was in the bullet. Oh Jesus! So they, but then, so then she dies because she shoots herself, and, then and this he guy dies, dies because, because he's just left there. Yeah, he's like, I didn't figure out a riddle <laughs> in time, so I die. That's fucked. That's a lot of them. I I, I don't want to go back. That one's kind of funny though. But like if if we if we went through all of the sawdust, I bet. A decent amount of them would be like they didn't figure out a riddle. Yeah, well, it would be like a good exercise to rank the unfairness of saw traps. Oh man, I bet that I bet they're on YouTube or something horrible. There's like a like a supercut of all of them or something. But there are a lot of them. Again, like none of them are fair, but a lot of them are. But a lot of them you like literally can't. You, there's no no chance that you're gonna fucking. And like, what do if it? the person has like a learning disability or something? Right. And like, legitimately, I think the first one in Spiral was like a legitimately impossible one. Yeah, because like, he would have bled out. He would have bled out and died. Yeah. Even at the end of Saw One, because uh, I wa- I did watch that during the marathon, when Doctor Gordon hacks his leg off. Yeah. He goes over to Adam and he's like, "Look, man." I know you're scared right now. I know that like you're probably freaking out, but I'm going to get out of here and I'm going to get help and we're going to come back and I'm going to get you. And I'm like, Motherfucker, you, you just are sawed dying. your foot off. Yeah. You're a doctor. Right? <laughs> Don't have side conversations. You are That's so true. dying. <laughs> so and like as soon as he, they show in like a later one, like as soon as he gets out of there, he like, dies like Jigsaw, in the hallway. Like, saves, oh no, that's Adam cuz Adam ends up cutting his uh his leg off like okay. later and amanda like finds him and i think she suffocates him or something but like he dies in the hallway <laughs> yeah but like when dr gordon like limps away i think that like john kramer is like waiting for him <laughs> to like perform an immediate surgery to save him because like a lot of these things like even if you get out of it it's such a small chance and a lot of the traps it's like if you don't do it within 60 seconds this thing's gonna happen like what if you do the thing and then, like, say it's an there's an explosive element or something. Like, what if you like, don't get away from the explosive? That's like, true. There's so yeah. many things. Uh, or like, what if you like don't roll away from whatever's gonna hit you the right way? So messed up. That's my rant. <laughs> also, like in the, in this, we're talking about unfair and like immoral things. In the second one, there's like a 
one of the girls, it might be Amanda, she's like a drug, drug addict, yeah. and there's just like a fucking pit of syringes yeah, that you have yeah. to dive in. It's like, she's a drug addict. Yeah. Oh, these, I mean, Amanda is chosen because she's a drug addict. Right. That's fucked up. Like, if, if you were to explain this movie to somebody, we are like... It's like, you are not a bad person if you're a drug addict. Right. Like, you watch this through the lens of now, and it's like, hello, Amanda. You, you like drugs. Are a drug addict. And like the viewer is like, oh, that's horrible. <laughs> yeah. Poor Amanda. And she waits. She also has to do a th- like a thing now. She th- Are you going to kill her? <laughs> because she's like got it's like horrible. a horrible disease. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. So John Kramer. I don't know who I am. Like canceled. calling out John Kramer. But uh, yeah, John Kramer canceled. I think they're slick with that movie. Very unfair. Uh, but speaking of which, like the the tent game is is ramping up. There's so much content. Let's talk about <laughs> Saw for forty five minutes. <laughs> right. No, the tent game is is ramping up because I think that we've gotten really good at going back to like bullshitting on this podcast mm. and being good about like not having stuff to talk about and just getting our way through an hour. Which is back in the day. Let me tell you. Yeah. That's how this podcast essentially started. Yeah. We just bullshit for an hour. And uh for a while I think we were in like the the mentality where it's like we gotta have stuff. We gotta we gotta have we gotta run down like four topics or whatever. And like during like the pandemic, nothing was happening, so we're like finding our way into getting through an hour pretty pretty easily. And now we got movies back. So like the movies are stacking up. We got stuff that we wanna talk about and then content on top of that. Yeah, we and got, then you got movies that like carry over into the next week, like fucking Saw. <laughs> I know this right. You you always have to allow for the possibility that a movie is going to be a one a two to six episode arc arc. Yeah, I mean Mid Midsommar messed us up. No, Mamma Mia, Mama Mia was the first one. Yeah, Mama, Mama Mia, Mia was, was the first one that like. We legitimately had a summer of Mamma Mia right. content. Like, this is what our podcast is about for one year. But this week, in addition to having watched season three of Master of None, a.k.a. Moments in Love, there's, I mean, we're, we started to watch Mare of Easttown. Do you, do you watch that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, How much did you get through? I just did one. This is a very tough time to be, like, chipping away at stuff because... The hockey yeah. and basketball, to a degree, is uh, coming fast and furious. But I will say, like, I I flew through I'm gonna, Ma- yeah. Mayor of Easttown. I'm, the first episode's pretty slow, yeah. but who boy. I'll probably be done by... Like, tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. would be my guess, yeah. Um, but Friday, Dog Joker comes out. And while you're there, maybe you see A Quiet Place too because that comes out. These, those are both, like, huge... Huge movies, uh, like uh, expectations heading into the to the weekend for those two. My expectation and my hope is that I see both Friday. Um, but I mean, like in terms of like, are they good? Yeah, I I have a uh, a a pretty strong feeling that a Quiet Place Two is gonna rock. Yeah, and uh, and I haven't seen any of the reviews or anything, but I, I just have a feeling that Quiet Place Two is gonna be very 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 good. Um, and dog joker is going to be like fine i hope the dog joker is at least chaotic i agree with you on quiet place 2 i have high expectations for that i think that i've seen in passing people say that it's really good okay cool but i mean it's it's one of those movies too where it's like 
I definitely didn't need it. And when they announced it, I was like, ah, like I liked, I liked the element of the first one not explaining anything. Yeah, I, I, I really did. I liked that they were just like some, some fucking shit happened, and here's where we are. Yeah. So I like that, and the fact that they're kind of doing like a. An origin story, by the way, I love the aspect of just referring to every origin story as, as something, something Joker. Joker. Yeah, a thousand percent. And did it with um, uh, the their uh, Timothy Chalamet, Wonka Joker. It's speaking of ibuprofen, might need to pop a couple of those for the old uh, Chalamet fatigue. He will be. I don't think that applies anymore. I yeah, that's over. He took a break. Yeah, he 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 did what he was told. <laughs> took a little break. It's all good. He will be playing Willy Wonka in the Wonka origin story. What are we dubbing that? Are we dubbing that Wonka Joker or are we dubbing I called it, it like, Candy Joker. Oh, Candy Joker. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's better. I didn't consult you on it. Yeah, I just immediately No, I think, I think that's the right call. Candy Joker yeah. tweet. Yeah, I think that's Got a, a few call. likes. Getting pretty good at Twitter. <laughs> um, yeah, that'll be interesting. I'm into that. Candy Joker? Yeah, I'm into Candy Joker. Yeah. I'd like a... Uh, I hope that it's fucked up, though. Like, yeah. Like you can't origin stories have to be fucked up. They got to be gritty origin stories. <laughs> they don't have to be, but like it's 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 kind of cool when they are. Yeah. Like and and w- Willy Wonka, I think, is a fucked up enough character that like where his his like fucked upness is not addressed. Yeah. In Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, so I hope that the the uh, the Joker story sort of takes that and addresses it. Fun fact, there is a Willy Wonka saw connection in the Dave Bean universe. When I was in college, for whatever reason, my uh, one of my friends referenced like, oh, Willy Wonka. I, like, I was looking at a list the other day. First time I've ever seen it. They're online, there was like a, there was a list. It was ranking things. And I was like, people, they should start doing that regularly. And he was like, yeah, it was cool. Like, I read it, had my attention. I was on that website for like 10 minutes. I was like, hmm, there might be something there. And then, let me tell you, that took off. I'm making a reference to that at one point, the internet was not just lists. lists. Yeah. This, but this was like early in the list game. My friend was like, yo, there's a list. It's got like the best scary movies. And he said that I'm, I'm not, I was not a scary movie guy at the time. I don't think Blumhouse existed at the time who knows maybe uh but he was like willy wonka's on there it's crazy do you consider willy wonka scary movie or charlie and the chocolate factory a scary movie i was like no but there is that one scene and you know the scene when they're like going through the it's either a tunnel tunnel? or uh or like a river or something there's something that's like just like straight up fucked yeah and that qualified for whatever reason. So it was on this list of like best scary movies. I mean, I guess in if you like really think about it, it's it's like not overtly scary. Yeah. But like there's there's elements of terror. That movie can freak you. That movie <laughs> yeah. could easily freak you out. Um, I think the one that pops into my head is like the um like the very small like claustrophobic hallway. Ooh. Where like there it's just very tiny. Could we stand to do a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory rewatch? Yeah. That's not bad. I don't hate that idea. But uh, so me and my two friends like went through this list of like best scary movies. And I think Saw was high on the list. And uh, also not really a scary movie. Yeah. And, it's just like a torture movie. <laughs> and it got to it. And well, this was the first one. So that that was like more of like a 
like a a mystery. I mean, scary. psychological thriller. Yeah, I'd say more right, than a right. Yeah, there was. Um, so we uh, they, they got to Saw, and both my friends were like, "Yo, Saw's a great movie," and I was like, "Isn't that like the it, that's just like super gross and bloody, right?" And they were like, "Yeah, but it's like actually a good movie." So we watched Saw on my friend's laptop. Huge thing to do in college. Like three three fellas just watching a movie on a laptop. Yeah, you you didn't do that. No, just toss it on. It was just put on like the desk. No, dim them lights. Have you ever heard of an HDMI cord? I don't think H. I don't think that really? like HDMI's. This was probably like two years before that. Okay. Yeah, this had to have been a Saturday night, by the way. <laughs> had to have been. Um, and we watched it, and I remember that when Adam is taking the pictures in his apartment because uh like all the lights go off this is like the scene where he gets abducted and he's got his camera with him so mm-hmm. he just keeps Using taking the pictures flash. for the flash i was like done i was like i'm not watching this. i was like because you're just waiting for a jump scare for a yeah. jump scare and you think i don't know if people know this but like your minds and certainly movies are programmed for like the uh rule of three where like he'll take a picture, you see the flash, take a picture, you see the flash, and the third one is going to be the one where they get him. And it's like seven or eight or something. So it's like sus- th- th- that might be the most suspenseful thing this side of Lalo Salamanca visiting. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Kim something. Kim Wexler. Yeah. You know, that's a suspenseful scene. It sure is. Really suspenseful. God, I miss that show. So anyway. We watched that. We watched Saw. And then a couple months later, they were like, there's a new Saw coming out. You want to go see it? So I just like became a guy that saw those movies. Yeah. Now I do Blumhouse stuff. Right. Yeah. Well, and Saw stuff. Boy, I've gr- grown so much. So there is uh yeah, we'll watch Willy Wonka and we'll certainly watch Candy Joker. Mm-hmm. But first things first, Dog Joker. I don't know if we should have watched the, they did 101 Dalmatians that didn't win any awards. Like 10, 20 years ago? Wait, what? Sorry, I was. Th- I had they did sh- a live I'd... action 101 Dalmatians. And Who was should... in that? Glenn I told Close. you it didn't win any awards. Glenn Close. Glenn I, for- Close. I forgot about that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Did you uh, see that? Uh, yeah, I think so. I didn't. Um, sorry, I, I, my mind is stuck on Chalamet because, like, I said that uh, Chalamet exhaustion is gone. I think that it might be coming back because he's going to be in a shitload of stuff because I just keep remembering roles that he picked up he's obviously in dune and dune looks like it's gonna be awesome what's that dune dune yeah dune is like the big the big movie i think this year i believe that comes out at the end of the year but it's like the big big movie it has like oscar isaac um it's got like a lot of good people in it interesting chalamet is in that he's also doing the uh the bob dylan biopic that's right yeah i forgot happy 80th birthday to bob dylan who yesterday turned uh 80 years old sorry for uh sorry for that my brain got caught on that for a little bit but yeah please. Uh, huh please take <laughs> us to chalamet anytime you'd like just know that we're we're treading dangerous waters when we get there we don't want either of us to i i never got chalamet exhaustion i, I, I love, think i was the only I, one with yeah it. i love that kid he rules yeah um, but i i so the reason i had it was because 
everything was about how much everyone loved Timothy yeah, Chalamet. Yeah, and like every, you, had, I think like the t- Timothy Chalamet, Taylor Swift. We we don't have to think that everything that he does is the best fucking thing in the world, right? And also, you know this about me. I'm a uh, what's his name? <laughs> uh, Ansel Elgort. Oh no, I'm an Ansel Elgort guy. No, he. I I think. Lightly. We we shouldn't have to mention this every time we Lightly. mention anybody, but he I think was exposed for like being a weirdo. Yeah, he like said that he was like in love I with. Th- uh, I think that he also Jaylene Woodley. I think that he also had like some like underage. That's not a weird, by the way. Like you can be in love with somebody. Yeah. provided like the. I think he had like a thing with like a underage, uh girl type so, like deal, uh, James Franco stuff. Sort of, yeah. I don't know. I don't want to be wrong, so I'll just... Interesting. Yeah. On the subject of people who have uh, been in the, the public eye for the wrong reasons, I, in preparation for season three of Master of None, I chose to fall asleep to Aziz Ansari's most recent special, which I remember at the time really not being a fan of, mainly because he wore a vintage Metallica Ride the Lightning shirt mm-hmm. and... I don't know what my problem was, why I had such an issue with that. I think you it's having, because... You that, having a problem with, with like something very not that bad? Right. <laughs> that like should not be a big deal at all. I think I just had an issue with how in vogue Metallica shirts had become. And like I spent my whole life, or like young life, getting shit for wearing a Metallica shirt every day. And then, like, I grow up and everybody is wearing Metallica shirts. Yeah, I don't... I, I, I It bothers me, too. Like, it bothers me that, like, Target sells yeah. vintage band shirts. And yeah. it's like... I don't want to, like, gatekeep, but it's like, I know you don't right. like this. You just... You're wearing it because you think it's cool. So that's where I'm like, what an asshole I am. Like, there's a great chance, like, that Aziz Ansari likes Loves Metallica. Metallica yeah. He is a American kid who grew like grew up in the 90s or he's got to be he's probably like five six years older than us something like that mid 80s right so like he probably he probably like experienced maybe he probably like experienced like the black album in its time like he was like around when metallica was the biggest band in the world so i don't know for whatever reason i just like associate metallica with my own experience which is something that a lot of people do that hopefully we're all working on but i'm like you don't like Metallica. You weren't some annoying kid with ADHD who only liked guitar lessons. Fuck you, Izzy's on. Sorry, you're just being a poser. Uh, so that's unfair of me. Anyway, I re- I went and uh, rewatched it, and it actually was quite good. Really? Yeah. It was. It just wasn't kind of like Master of None season three. Its purpose wasn't necessarily comedy. Yeah, that's what that's what I remember it being. It wasn't like. He wasn't telling jokes. He was telling stories. Right. He was telling stories, but also like, and maybe it's because I've had enough distance from it, talking about a lot of things that white people do that I think at the time, I don't think I had issue that, I think I was mainly upset with the the t-shirt, so I don't think I had any (laughs) You didn't listen to any of the material. Yeah. I don't think I had any issue with what he was saying about about the white folks, but, um, because he talks about white folks all the time, and white folks... uh, often are provide great material provide material for like what the hell are these people doing but it it actually like it he made a lot of good points about like the performative stuff of like white people doing stuff for other white people versus doing stuff for like the world reason yeah good reason right so there's 
it was good. Like, and it was it was really thoughtful. And uh, I don't know. I legitimately think I was just like mad about that Metallica shirt because I think that even like I do print... remember a big part of the uh, the review episode being yeah. like fuck Aziz. <laughs> I think it was like lightly tie dyed too, and I was like, ooh, I had that T shirt that did not come in tie dye. That is like a new T shirt that you bought. Redlining came out in 1982, my guy. Like, get out of here. A lot Who of stuff cares, man. Even if they like, I don't know. <laughs> even if it is a new T-shirt, like it's yeah. a new, could be a new T-shirt for an album that he really liked. Yeah. So shout out, shout out Aziz there. <laughs> uh, Want to talk about Master of None? Absolutely, season, I do. Season three. I've watched. Uh, I should uh, say I've I've watched uh, two plus two plus episodes. I banged it all out. How many are there? There's five. Okay. Two of them are long, so you've got you've done one of the long ones, and um, yeah, it's two I think like hour long episodes, hour plus, and three twenty to thirty minute ones, something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's about Denise. It's obviously set a few few years later in Master of None. Denise has made it as an author. You see in the show that she she works for like magazines and stuff. And because they're like going to events for places that she works. It's I didn't remember her meets. ever being a writer. Yeah, she meets. I don't know if she's writing. I think she might just be like doing the thing that a lot of people do, which is like working in a field or at a job that's like adjacent to what you actually want to be doing. Trying to get a foot in the door. Right. Like kind of like like I'm a writer. So I like do this job at a magazine, which is an important job, but it's not necessarily the thing that I'm setting it's, out to do. I mean, it's like what Ellen does right now. She's like, she wants to be a news. She wants to be uh, on camera person. She's working at uh, Chronicle yeah. just to kind of like learn the business, get her foot in the door. Awesome. Ellen should be on camera. What's everyone's problem? Uh, Chronicle's a tough place to to get on camera. I uh, <laughs> I'm gonna make some calls. <laughs> okay. I actually do know somebody pretty high up there i think i don't know if they're still there i haven't watched chronicle in a long time the, the call's probably not gonna help <laughs> anyway uh she's now made it as an author has a best-selling book has a wife has an awesome house awesome house oh what a dream God. house and her wife is like an interior designer the house is like it looks amazing Oh my god! That's... I want to. I want to. I wanted to say this, but like, I am so glad that they shot on film. It's shot on film, yeah, uh, and it looks awesome. And I really like that they shot on film, especially with like the house scenes, because it makes it feel a lot more intimate and a lot more warm. Yeah, and I think that was a very good artistic choice. Different, and maybe this is shooting on film, but it's definitely a different aspect ratio. Yeah, I think that's that's part of the shoot, shooting on film. Okay, so it is. It looks. It Gorgeous. looks awesome, yeah. And part of it, I don't know if this is necessarily a, a challenge people might have with it, but it looks so good and like so vintage and classic that a lot, like all of it, is like modern, relatable things, which that's what Master of None is. And sometimes I feel like that can kind of clash. Where like this is. Um, I think, like, Bill Burr says it's the beginning of one of his stand-up specials. He's at this, like, palatial, like, gorgeous, like, hall where he's doing this show. And he's like, well, this is just inappropriate for <laughs> yeah. the shit that I'm about to do. 
that's fair. I mean, yeah, it's like you watch. And not, it, not to say that like Master of None is shit or whatever, but I'm saying like, like, like the it, Social Network was filmed in black and white, right? Like <laughs> it's like so it's so so beautiful that then you see like like our daily like people our age or yeah. people of, of our generation like our struggles and our bullshit and our but fights I think and that, I think that like uh, like Master of None has had a, like a, a very strong transformation from from season one to now yeah but it's always been shot really well and it's always been sort of warm and yeah so i think that it's sort of you you've come to expect it it's not that far out of the norms for it to be jarring for me yeah so this is different obviously mm-hmm. but it it very much still feels like master of none and and uh dev is still in it and there were a couple like initially when you see dev at least i felt i'm like uh-oh like when when i'm not seeing this like kind of through dev's prism or like with dev being the main character do i feel like that's actually still dev or do i feel like aziz ansari is playing uh supporting character in like a denise show does that make sense yeah no where i was yeah. like this just this could just be like an aziz I'm sorry, character. Yeah, but I mean, like, it, Aziz needs needs like the depth to to see him as more than Aziz. And then the more you watch it, so so uh, Denise is married to Alicia, who decorated the hell <laughs> out of this home. And Dev comes, and like initially he comes, he's got his girlfriend, and like they they're having a dinner and everything. And at first, I'm like, ah, this this just kind of feels like it's any character, and it's not Dev. And the more you watch it, you realize it's because Dev has become just any fucking guy in his, like, late 30s. And it's so sad. And it builds. And then, like, they eventually just, like, pour it all out. That They're like, yo, Dev just became, like, any guy He had, like, in the, his the soul sucked out of him, basically. And it's so... So I didn't. I think I texted you. I was like, "There is a word to describe this show, and I don't want to do it yet because yeah, I don't want to it? give it away." Depressing. Yeah, it is so depressing. Yeah, it is, and like, and it's it makes it worse too because like it's been so long. We haven't had, and it's the first episode, so you you don't have the the frame of reference of like who Dev was, and you're just, the, as soon as he comes back, you're so happy to see him, and he's just not the same guy. Yeah, he is. That's a perfect way of putting it. Like he's had the soul sucked out of him. He's with a girl who, I mean, the first couple of scenes you can't tell who somebody is off a couple of scenes, but you realize pretty quickly like these people just settled for each other. Like they feel that they should be some with someone at their age, and they're horrible to each other. Like they're so, so mean to each other. She is so mean to him. Like calls she's basically calling him ugly saying like he can't act anymore because of his hair and i'm like yo like this is it's a lot of like voicing insecurities that that person probably has and i was just like covering my ears so uncomfortable and like there's a heart to heart where dev's like yo denise like i'm so happy for you but like like I'm embarrassed to even talk to you because like I just don't like where my life is right now and you're killing it and that's great but like I feel like I can't even be part of your life because like you're just this like successful person and I just can't relate to that 
Yeah, and, and like it's worse than that too because he like blames her for the fact that they're not friends anymore yeah. because he's like you blew up and got too big for me and then like eventually it's revealed that like he is insecure about where he is and so like he is tanking their relationship because it makes him feel bad and yet he's pinning it on her. It's very fucked up, but like I feel like this show is always at its best when it's exploring relationships between people whether it's friendships whether it's actual like romantic relationships and it does it in such an honest and sort of painful way and like the like that's why i'm saying the transition from season one to now is so there's such an arc there because season one has a a bunch of goofy stuff and it's like it feels like it's kind of trying to be like a an artsy sitcom and then I think it started to realize the show started to realize and the writers started to realize that they were good at exploring like the interpersonal stuff. Yeah. And this is just all of that so far. And it it's amazing, but it's so, so depressing. And maybe maybe that's why I like the show so much, because like your favorite episode is the, the, the bottle episode yeah. mornings. And that is. It shows like the deterioration of a relationship. Oh yeah, and it is very, very real. <laughs> Give it and, to me, Zaddy. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, like, I think that's where the show is at its best. I'm. Th- this isn't like grandstanding or anything, but like, I am. I'm like a, I think a bigger believer in cause and effect than, I think like, the internet can be at points where. Like, I like to think of, like, these two people are fighting or whatever. Like, I'll just give the example of, like, Master of None. Like, it's probably not that, like, this person did this bad thing to this person. So, this is the good guy. That's the bad guy. Like, I really believe, like, in, like, the the hurt people hurt people thing of, like, sorry, this person's going through something. Why did they do this? And that's not to excuse, like, this person like bailed on this person or did whatever i mean i honestly i had the same issue listening to uh traitor by olivia rodrigo i'm like hey olivia i know you're young and we're all on this ride together and we're all learning things and everything but like somebody breaks up with you it's not necessarily because like they're a bad person like they that person people are complex man yeah that person could have like had shit going on like Mm -hmm. that Things could have been painful for that person. Pain that that person finds so real that they can't even acknowledge it to you. Mm-hmm. Like, their partner in this thing. Can you consider, like... Anyway. Yeah, I, I mean, I like when, when shows and movies and stuff explore the sides of, like... N- there's not necessarily good and evil, like, a good person, bad person. It's... People are fucking complex. Yeah. And sometimes those complexities really don't mix well and people who are normally good do shitty things and shitty people can also like come come back and do good things yeah and master of none really does get into that like Mm -hmm. i mean you you said it perfectly where like that argument starts with like what the fuck you got so big now i'm just fucking sitting here with my schmenzer in my hand and i got no friends thanks a lot best friend (laughs) and you're like damn Denise sucks. We don't blew like up her and anymore. Forgot where she came from. Right, man. He was going to all those Thanksgivings. Like <laughs> That's right. he was, he was keeping things light, shouting across the table to Grandma Ernestine when <laughs> your mom and your aunt were just being straight up horrible. Think of the thing. He has been there for you, and then like 
as you said, it gets to the point where he's like, yo, like I, I've been tanking this because of how bad I feel about myself. Things like that, I think, are so real. Because I'm sure that everybody's been there before where like they've tanked something. It doesn't have to be a, a romantic relationship. It doesn't have to be a friendship. It could just be an opportunity where like... And you don't have to hate somebody to be like jealous of them. Yeah. And and sort of like hold that against them. Yeah. That's just like a, a thing that I think applies to a lot of people where it's like a lot of the times you don't want to see people doing better than you. Yeah. And yeah, jealousy is another thing where like I've I've had an interesting relationship with jealousy in my life where like I've it took me a long time to like realize that like jealousy is like a human thing. Like I like whenever I've like been jealous of somebody, I've been like oh, and I've tried to talk myself into this, like, that's a whole, don't be jealous. That's a, it's such an ugly, and it obviously is an ugly quality, mm-hmm. but like, it's also like a real thing. So like, if you are jealous of somebody, it's not, it's not necessarily like, that like you're being a bad person or anything. It's like that for a million, whatever you should just reasons. be able to recognize it. And, yeah. Right. It's yeah. like, okay, so th- this is, this is jealousy. This is what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. So master of none still does that. And you, get that in the first episode and it's great it gets it's very quickly spoiler alert spoiler alert spoiler alert it's very quickly this is this season is marriage story Mm -hmm. where it's really the dissolving of a relationship and a love and i guess i I, i'm not going to spoil it for you so i can't say where it goes it happens pretty quick like right the, the the dissolution yeah. of the of the marriage happens pretty quick uh, in episode two. Well, right, fuck, that's a spoiler, but I saw you already said it. But like, right, it's it happens quick. But I, I I don't know where it goes because I just started episode three, but I did see sort of the 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 wheels starting to move. And God, if if you don't get like really really hit by it at the beginning of episode three, it's it's already, from what I've seen, extremely depressing because we talked about the house. Yeah. The house gets cleaned out and you're yeah. like, fuck, that is, that that's so depressing. That always depresses me. Like, even when I move out of a place to go into like a, to go into like a, a, a better place, a place that I'm excited to go to. Like, when you see somewhere that you've lived, like, even a college dorm, they're like, this place is a piece of shit. It'll, place that you've like made home and had memories in and then see it stripped down to its bare bones so fucking depressing to me especially i mean imagine like that house for like a lot of couples is like a dream it's like that's like your life like all right like we've got a house like this is where we're gonna start our family this is where i mean and again they I, i don't know what i would do i would just like melt and not be able to go on if i had a house and somebody who made the house that dope mm-hmm. like that is that is such an awesome house like it's so denise is a writer but denise obviously is like a huge pop culture junkie in master of none i don't think that they don't really get into that too much although they do i'll, I'll reference that in a second um it doesn't have it, it feels like it doesn't have a million screens everywhere there's like a like the fireplace is kind of like the focal point it's like house. a it's like a writer's haven, right? So like she, but you can still have TVs and screens and iPads and everything, and have a house that looks that dope. So very cool. Uh, the pop culture references are great. 
They've got chickens, and she names the chickens uh, Patty, uh, I think, Patty, Tina, and Shaka. Let me see if I... That's correct. Yeah, yeah, Tina, Shaka, and Patty. And as she's feeding them, she sings to Shaka, I'm every chicken. (laughs) Yeah, it's so fucking funny. (laughs) Um, He, oh, uh, Dev, during the big fight with his girlfriend, calls her friends a clown caravan. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. So, like, the, the, the funny parts of this, like, the laugh out loud parts of this, unfortunately are all in arguments. I think those were the only times I laughed out loud. Uh, she says... when, when the, So when she's having a blowout with her wife, Alicia, she, I liked this because it was like the most I've related to a character on that show. I don't know who you're supposed to relate to on that show. I, like, I, I don't think you have to. I yeah. think you just relate to like the things that they the situations right, right that's right that's true and i i honestly feel like most shows i'll like relate to one character but master of none you're right is probably more the situations where like you'll saying. say like i know what that person's they're doing. good that they're before. good at inter- like describing real life interpersonal relationship stuff that like that's the relatable material so this is why i related to Denise, because this is what she... These are the things that she yells in this blowout fight with her wife. She says... uh, She's like, I I haven't done anything. I've done everything for you. I bought you Roberta Flack's toothbrush. (laughs) (laughs) A thousand percent something I would do. Oh, yeah. I I buy you something that probably means more to me than it means (laughs) to you, you fucking idiot. What's your problem? Yeah. And then she says... "Go Go to your... Your, your new woman she get you somebody's hair grease i wrote like, it down go see the bitch see if that bitch can get you smoky robinson's <laughs> hair grease <laughs> that made me legitimate laugh out loud i was after like such an intense argument it's yeah. like fuck this really really sucks she put the parting uh, gift is like see if she can get you smoky robinson's <laughs> hair grease i was like what so i love that so much because a it's something that i would do and b it is a mil- b it's something that denise would do but above all else it is something lena would do yeah that is like the most breaking character like i if lena lena's not doing um she's she's taking a break from like press podcasts and everything but she she does send her love um i would love to know if that was like improvised and if lena made a conscious choice to just stop playing denise and just clearly be herself because like i could totally see lena buying somebody smoky robinson's hair grease and being like ah <laughs> and then being like seems like something that you're, you're not, really you're excited not, about. you're not excited about it you, you mind if i have it <laughs> right like oh well whatever if you don't want it yeah i i so i i watched the whole thing and I was a big fan of it. It will be something that I rewatch. I recently rewatched Master of None. And I think that's always kind of going to be a show that I go back and watch. As you mentioned, I'll probably watch mornings like once or twice a year. Thanksgiving, probably probably as often, to be honest. But there's that's a show that like if I put on one episode... I just want to watch them all. Yeah, I mean, it's very, it's still very vibey. Like yeah. it, it, it sucks you in and... I, I think they really do a good job of taking their time and letting things 
letting, letting things sort of sink in and letting you sort of absorb what what's going on. And I, I've been impressed through like two and a half episodes of, of the ability to like sort of play the long game. Like the, there's a scene in episode one where they're having so much fun in the laundry room Everybody. and they're just, yeah, yeah. And they're just like dancing in the laundry room. And it's like, that's, they, they let it breathe and they do like a whole song and it's, there's nobody talking. They're just dancing, doing laundry. And then in episode three, there's an episode of Lena just doing laundry by herself. Mm-hmm. And it's like the juxtaposition of those two scenes is so depressing. What, uh, what what song is playing when she's doing in the that? first one? Is it? I'm trying to think. Is it? There know. is no song in the second one. Okay, because there's a there's a. That's what's like it, it it it's a scene where it's like they don't explicitly state it, but like after somebody leaves you, and she's like being in the house doing oh, laundry in that room. About, right. Okay. So I'm giving it away. So there's a there's an Alicia episode that is just Alicia. Okay. And there's a scene where she's sitting in the laundromat. And there's like an uplifting song. I don't think it's like I don't think it's everybody which plays in the first one, but um, it's there's like a song, like a dance song, just blasting, and she's sitting in the laundromat by herself, just like not doing great. And I'm like, man, I've never been to a laundromat before, but like I've I've definitely had the the experience that this person's had, where like you're in an empty place and some like forced excitement is kind of being forced on you when you're like i am i'm not there well not even not only that but like what i'm where i was sort of going was like that is a trigger to to bringing back memories where like it's it's such a small thing that it that you like tie to somebody and then they're gone and even doing that thing is depressing yeah so i mean i hope that I hope that uh, everyone checks it out because it was really good. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I'm excited to watch the rest of it. So, yeah, I, uh, I think that I'm gonna, gonna really like it. Did you see the tweet about Sweet Caroline? I did not. I saw a bunch of people tweeting about Sweet Caroline, but I did not see what it. I tried to look it up. It's very hard to like find, find what, the right. source material Same. of a lot of Twitter activity. Let me see if I can find it. I can tell you it off the top of my head if I can't find it, but. It was a person saying, um, "Oops, sorry." I DJed a '70s party last night. Did not know this song had that effect on people, and it's a bunch of people. Lord forgive me. It's a it's a bunch of predominantly white people uh, going crazy and dancing to that song. I think that most of the reaction to that tweet was, "How'd you not? Yes, know that's... you did know that. Oh, okay, like yeah. everybody knows that yeah. that song." makes people sing along and go crazy to it but i don't know if i was outside of boston i might like underestimate the power of sweet caroline getting really? getting the crowd going yeah like how many places do you see outside outside of boston where like sweet caroline yeah gets, I don't know. gets the crowd jumping yeah that's true like I, I obviously guess I like didn't, journey i guess i didn't consider it mr a, brightside an at only in boston type of experience but my favorite sweet caroline uh moment or piece of material you ever see the video of the uh the guy playing sweet caroline up on stage at a bar like 
uh, acoustic guitar. And then all of a sudden you see a guy go around the corner and he walks up on stage and grabs the guy's the grab grabs the guy by both legs and just flips him. And he goes down so hard. It's such a oh, dick really? move. Yeah, like it, it's a horrible, horrible video. But like the thud is very funny. And the guy playing guitar is like, what the fuck, man? Jeez. So, <laughs> I mean, on the subject of what the fuck and Sweet Caroline, it brought us to, it brings us to a point that I was trying to get to at some point, but I'd uh, honestly just forgotten about it. And I think we've just had so much tent that we haven't had the chance to do it. Uh Sweet Caroline obviously is a is a famously uh, pervy, yes. problematic song. It's about a picture of a nine year old Caroline Kennedy sitting on a horse, and it inspired him to write. Uh, Reaching out, touching me, touching you. Now I look at the night, and it don't seem so lonely. We fill it up with only two, and when I hurt, hurting runs off my shoulder. How can I hurt when holding you? Mm. warm mm. touching warm reaching out touching me touching you Mm-mm. so good you know um and i this this piece notes that the so good so good so good is not in the song but that has become part of it so i guess it it kind of plays to i always say like when someone looks back on a piece of art and they say like hey that does not hold up right now i'm always like not only does it not hold up like we the audience shame on us because we watch that yeah uh so neil diamond and everybody who decided this song is so good that we're going to add so good so good <laughs> gonna make it so, even weirder yeah we're gonna say yeah we're, we're gonna participate in making it like a little pervier it did make it does get us to uh cancelable songs though i did see you send a tweet about that and yeah. like your uh i listened to your uh suggestion yeah i don't know if you did multiple but the one that i saw i was like wow i did not know that this song started like this did you know that song though N- yeah like i know that song that yeah. song's a, a jam Classic, yeah. yeah and i i just assumed like i i didn't recognize it based off of the uh the artist and the song title mm-hmm. so i was like i bet this is some fucking stupid song that only dj knows yeah i clicked on it and i was like this is a fucking, like, uh, everybody has to know this song. It has heard this song a million times. The fact that it started with, like, she was only 16 or whatever it is. She is just 16 years old. That is so Leave fucking bad. Alone, they say. That is uh, Into the Night by Benny Mardones. Mardones? Mardones? Uh, apologies on, pronunci- on not knowing the last name. Also apologies on liking I that, about song. that song being like really pervy and being like how was this allowed what's wrong with us like even like i it came out in 1980 but i heard it in the 90s and it was because that that song has been played forever and ever and ever but like i heard that as a kid and i remember remarking like oh she's just 16 years old i hope he's not like talking about like dating her whatever he's not saying that anymore it's a couple more words into the song like i'll just pretend it's about something else or whatever and like for years and years and years like liked that song and just like everybody loved that song like everybody took that song as like i'm not crazy about the beginning but <laughs> he just like pretend he doesn't say those words so i don't know what rationale people had but that song was so big and if you don't know what we're talking about if you look it up you'll know that's like an iconic piano line like you you bring up that song you'll know exactly what we're talking about 
that song was so big. That was like Mr. Brightside big. It was on the charts at like number one for a long time and then left. And I think like two years later, everyone was like, hey, remember that song? Yo, that song is so good. And it was like back on the charts. And like he's recorded it a million different times, put it out a million different times. And every time he does, everyone's like, yes, dude. Great song. So uh, I you would think that like if he's re-recording it and putting it back out, maybe he's like, Clean she's up the just lyrics. 18 years right, old. Like, she's just like 26 and I'm 39 <laughs> and it's weird, but like, well, like we're both. Age is just a number. Adults. Right. But you know, if you say that and people are going to be like, yeah, isn't that the name of that Aaliyah album that she made when she was 13? That's a good point. Produced by R. Kelly, where the Wikipedia page says that they would like take breaks yeah. in quotes. And you're like, why is that in quotes? What do you like? Or it was like, they would like, quote unquote like watch movies watch or something movie, yeah. it's like uh, horrible troubling stuff but um i didn't know when i kind of innocently putting that song on blast because it, it came up in in conversation we were talking about someone taught someone brought up baby it's cold outside and how one of my friends was arguing that like if you if that song like means something to you and like that's like you remember like listening to it with your family around christmas time like some people who aren't with us anymore and everything like that's like you shouldn't feel bad about yourself for enjoying a song or whatever which he was making a totally reasonable argument i feel like Uh, the same way about like cancelable cancelable artists who make songs i i go back and forth like i i think that i mean it's it's to each their own like i i personally like can't hear r kelly without thinking about r kelly and like the just the experience is is ruined for me but anyway uh i tweeted out i was like hey we were having a conversation about like cancelable songs uh this one sinks itself in the first line what up with that and like a bunch of people respond like oh my god like talking about it like yeah i never considered this such a pervy song i looked up i looked him up and like i think he died last year or something he had like a long battle with parkinson's We'll watch some videos with interviews of him. Seemed like not a terrible person. Although, like, his explanation... And he explained the song of, like... We were... Uh, there was this family that lived near me. Uh, we, I had these neighbors in my apartment building. And their father... They, like, they, they were struggling. They weren't making a lot of money. And the father... Something happened where his ship came in. Made a lot of money. And he left them. So they were really kind of fending for themselves. And I was keeping an eye on them. And I was like giving them tasks to do just so I could just so they could have some money. And uh, they were just like really sweet kids. And one day my co-writer and I were working on this song and like we just loved the groove of it. But we just couldn't think of the words. We couldn't think of a melody. And the daughter came by and she was getting ready for school. And she was like. Hey, like, what do you guys, you guys been up all night? And, like, we'd been partying also when we were doing it. So, like, we were kind of strung out. And she came by and she did whatever. Like, she, I don't know, like, she brought something to eat or something. And then, like, she went off to school. And my co-writer made a comment about, like, oh, man, like, boy, she's she, she's pretty or something. And I said to him, hey, she's 16 years old. Leave her alone. And then I thought, that's a great lyric. So he made that the first lyric. And I'm not trying to speak ill of the dead here, but I'm like, you got to understand how that's going to be perceived. <laughs> A, yes. B, 
Then the song goes on to right, be like, like, she's 16 years old. Leave her alone. We're they in love. say, yeah. and like, I'm just trying to be with her. Yeah. And then like, he goes on to explain. He was like, I like the idea of a song saying, if situ- if like we were in different situations, if the world was different, if like I was this different person and you were this different person, I feel that like we could have something special. And like saying that in a vacuum is like... A, in the right circumstances, an okay idea. Still but I'm like fucking creepy. But when a sixteen-year-old inspired yeah. a sixteen-year-old girl inspired you to write that. So like, really, there was just kind of no outs there. But I, I, I did feel bad that I was like kind of making fun of somebody who just died. Uh, another weird thing: the song was originally titled. The song is called "Into the Night," and it's called "Into the Night" because radio rejected. Its original title, which was... She's only 16. She's just 16 years oh, old. Oh, no. And I'm like, dude. So, like, there's no good way to spin that. That is an extremely pervy, creepy song. Yeah, and, like, the title thing makes it so much worse because you're, like, steering you into like the that fact. That was just, like, like, selling point. Yeah. Which is so weird. That, that song has so many good things going for it. Yeah. They, Why like would I'm you... I'm saying it's a jam. I... Man. Just... And it's such an easy out. Just she's eighteen years old. And like, so imagine these two dudes. And I know that he explained this is how they came up with the song. And like, the girl came by. He like defended her to this guy. Like, there was never a conversation. Even like from like the record label, there was never like a discussion. Being like, I get it, guys, but like, people are going to read this wrong. Imagine these two songwriters. And again, I kind of call BS on their explanation. But imagine that they're like, all right, let's come up with this song where there's a love i can't have we're kept apart separated by fools who don't know what love is that's a lyric from that song that if it were not coming right after saying she's just 16 years old leave her alone they say would be a fine lyric like okay so all right we've got these we've got the guy we've got the girl and the the dad doesn't want the 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 guy to be with the girl. It's a whole Romeo and Juliet situation. Right. All right. So, what would be a reason that would keep a, that would make a dad not want his child to be with this other guy? I and like, got it. The co-writers like uh, she's a child. <laughs> religion or like the like the 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 parents are old school and like the, the like the, the parents are bigots or they're racists or like they're whatever like all, all these things over the years that have like kept people apart and the guy's like yeah those are okay uh what if it's because she's a child <laughs> and you're like so the the dad's the good guy the dad that's keeping them apart is the good guy being like hey no this can't be like a the guy who's like rejecting a, pedophilia? Right, like a pedophile relationship. And they ended up going with that. And they're for good measure, they were like... And it went through a bunch of channels, like a bunch of like corporate channels. Apparently, it did get some backlash where people did say, what the fuck's going on with those lyrics? But it didn't stop it. Like, let me look this up. Uh, That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I think that it's it maybe is more stunning that it passed through the ringer more than it than it was written it uh song is unusual for being one of only 10 recordings to ever ascend to the top 20 of the billboard hot 100 chart 
twice. The chartings in 1980 and 1989 were of two similar but separate recordings. Chubby Checker was the first to do this with his cover of The Twist, a single that went number one in September 1960 and again in January 1962. So this, now I just kind of want to see the other examples of that. But man, I would just say, I'd say also stay away from the music video. Have you seen the? Did you see the music video? Uh, yeah, well, that's why you you linked it and I He's watched like it. He's rolling he, his yeah. eyes and like this guy doesn't fucking. Can you get believe it. this guy trying to keep true love apart? And I'm like, people watched this <laughs> and said number one on the charts. It doesn't please. do him any favors, that's for sure. Oh my god, is there any better? I mean, every place would be a better place to uh, to end this this podcast. But we got tent coming up. Excited about that. We were going to have Will on this episode. I got some questions about uh, shorts. I think Will might be the good guy to answer those questions. Uh, He he can't make it, though. He can't. Here's an idea, though. What if we, uh, what if we, instead of of brains, who called it brainstorming and not pitch and tent? Oh, I like that. (laughs) Pitch and tent. There you go. 